and welcome to Basic Bible 102. This is Margie Smith, the author and producer of Basic Bible 101. Those of you that took that course probably recognize my voice. This course, Basic Bible 102, is a follow-up to some of your requests for a more in-depth look at the New Testament. I am sorry that it has taken me so long to get this module done. However, I have seen that so many people have taken Basic Bible 101, and it's thrilling to hear back comments and know that you enjoyed it and you learned a lot. Some of the feedback indicated that we rushed a little bit through the New Testament. And if you remember, Basic Bible 101 covers the entire Bible in a year. If you have not taken that, then please take that first and before you get to this course. Since we kind of rushed through the New Testament, we decided to come back and do a Basic Bible 102 that pretty much just covers the New Testament. This first module of the New Testament is covering the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And for that reason, it's just over the life of Christ. The second module picks up in the, uh, the book of Acts, and then talks about the early church, and we'll continue right through the New Testament. Uh, there are 23 lessons, I believe, in the uh, Basic Bible 102, the New Testament, the life of Christ. And the other one will probably be around 27, 28. It's not quite finished yet. As with Basic Bible 101, there are quizzes, and there is a final uh, at the end of this course. Uh, if you are leading a group through this, and I really encourage leaders to uh, get the leader's guide and in it will be the quizzes and the answers to the quizzes and the final. In the student workbook, there is a review over everything we've covered in this next module, as well as homework assignments each week. You can do it faster than once a week, but that just seems to be what people tend to want to do, is just cover one lesson each week. So those questions... Um, for the homework will really help prepare you for the next lesson. Uh, in addition, if you bring your student workbook with you, there's a place to take notes. Or while you're listening to this podcast, you can take notes so that you can fill in some other things you want to remember for the final. All right. Um, I think I've already mentioned some of the rules that are basic Bible rules. You won't be asked to pray out loud or uh, answer questions, but of course, we always encourage that. If you don't um, have any problem with uh, asking a question, any kind of question, we encourage that. And discussion amongst your small group is always encouraged too, because you learn from one another. All right, um, this particular lesson is going to start off with the new the beginning of the life of Christ. If you remember when we left off in the Old Testament, the Jews had been carried off, all the Israelites had been carried off by Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar was uh, the Babylon king at the time, and he pretty much came in and, and just hauled everybody off, and they became slaves for Babylon. And then, not too much longer after that, uh, the Persians came in. In, in 538 BC and took over everything that was Babylon. So they took over all of the area, the Middle East area, and uh, they were a lot more friendly towards the Israelites. 
and let them start going home and rebuilding, rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And you'll see those stories in uh, Nehemiah and Ezra of the Old Testament. Okay, then sometime after that, uh, Alexander the Great swept through. And this would be in about 333 B.C., and I'm sure you've heard of Alexander the Great, the Greek who basically took over all that was Persia. And in the process, he took over the Middle East, the area um, that we know as Israel today. And then finally, in 146 BC, all of Greece um, was taken over by the Romans. And so the Roman Empire, which was huge and just getting bigger, um, took all of that was uh, Israel, all of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and put, set their own rulers over it. Uh, in 63 BC, the Roman general Pompey conquered Palestine, and he established Judea as an extension of the Roman Empire. Uh, initially, the governor had uh, the governor of Syria, uh, another couple of the districts up there, uh, ran it, but then it wasn't too much longer before, before Julius Caesar appointed Antipater. Um, he made him basically the, uh, I guess, general ruler over all this area. He wasn't a king, he was just a general ruler. And then as it turned out, Antipater had two sons and he put them into uh, in charge of the regions, the northern region uh, over uh, Galilee in that area and the southern region over Jerusalem. And over the northern kingdom was Herod. Uh, Herod was about 25 years old at the time. And after the invasion and the death of his father and brother, Herod declared himself basically king over Israel. And he was considered the king for a period of time. He was a very jealous king and constantly concerned that his wife or his sons were trying to um, up, usurp him. And so he would have anybody he thought was going to uh, threaten his throne uh, killed. And so this, this Herod that we know as Antipatus, um, he went ahead and uh, put lots of harsh uh, requirements on the people at the time and uh, they really didn't like him. He, he was supposed to be a Jew, but uh, if you look at some of the history, he, he doesn't seem anything like a Jew. Um, so he was, uh, at the time, uh, he was the one that instigated the, the fact that everybody had to go to their homeland to, for their yearly census. And of course, it was basically a way to collect taxes. And so that happens to be the census that we find Mary and Joseph uh, going to uh, Bethlehem. And in, on their process of going to Bethlehem, they, uh, they probably had all the same concerns that most travelers do, except the, here we have a very pregnant Mary. And then while she's in Jer uh, Bethlehem, she has the child. Okay, um, let's see. What else can I tell you about that? Oh, this king died about four years after Jesus was born. However, he was the king that uh, was concerned about who this Jesus was. And he found out about Jesus because of the wise men. So if you ha take the time or in your homework, you get a chance to read through 
the first little bit of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Mark doesn't really start right with Jesus' uh, birth, and, and neither does John. Both of them get to the meat of who Jesus is fairly quickly. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, so uh, this Herod who has, decides that, um, you know, he's just very paranoid. So when he died in uh, 4 AD, his son took over. So that's why we see the Herod that's later on the one that um, pronounces, you know, Jesus as, you know, uh, a troublemaker, etc. He's the one that got into it with John the Baptist, which we'll look at. Uh, and you may remember from your basic Bible 101 class, um, he's, he's the one that uh, really kind of does very little for the Jews, and it's not too long after Jesus' death that all of Jerusalem is taken over. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about the different uh, leadership positions that were over the Jews at the time. Now, the Jews had, had always had one of the tribes that was designated the priests, and that was the Levi tribe. So if you were born into a family of the tribe of Levi, there was a good chance you were going to become a priest. And during this part of history, the priests really took on more of a role of being in, uh, really into enlightenment. Um, they were much more open to other kinds of religions. And so that was a little bit risky for the Jews who had always towed the line pretty closely. All right, now, they, at this time, there was also a group of people who were called the scribes. And the scribes were the ones that would religiously write down the law. They're the ones that copied over and over the books of the Old Testament and wrote down the law so that um, there wouldn't be one little tiny difference between one copy and another. Um, they, they were also known as Hebrew rabbis or teachers, and so they, it, but in effect, they were really legislatures. They would pronounce judgment in the court of justice at the time. So by the time of Jesus' birth, the priests had moved away from teaching and enforcing the laws of God, instead spent most of their time studying other cultures and other beliefs. Uh, so the scribes took on a much more active role in leading the people. Now, in addition to the priests and the scribes, there's another group. And this is a splinter group of the scribes, and that's the Pharisees. And we will talk more about the Pharisees in 101 you learned about the Pharisees. They wanted to make sure that there was a strict adherence to the law. They kind of were in opposition to the priests because they were not willing to look at anything else other than exactly what the law said. And even beyond that, they wrote their own laws as well. So they had a lot of sway over the people, and they were kind of considered the most holy religious people at the time. And because of that, the people uh, gave them a lot of uh, deference, you know, assuming that they knew, you know, what God wanted, etc. But because the Pharisees were so self-centered, a lot of their rules were put in place, more or less, to prop them up and to keep the everyday man pretty low. Okay, there's one other group. Uh, the other authority over the Jews was the Sadducees. Okay, they were a subset of the priesthood. Uh, this, the Sadducees were kind of the aristocracy, kind of a cut above the everyday priest. Uh, the high priestly families were almost all um, Sadducees. And the Sadducees, there were, well, there were 71 priests or judges 
that ruled Jerusalem. This was known as the Sanhedrin. And these judges might be Pharisees, Sadducees, or scribes. But the high priest presided over the entire council. And we know that the high priest uh, had to come uh, through, the, through the tribe of Levi and was a Sadducee. Okay, each of these groups described here uh, had certain specific things that they cared about and looked after. But pretty much across the board, none of them liked Jesus. And we will find that out pretty quickly as we start studying the life of Christ, his teachings and his miracles. Um, in a way, it threatened the power of all of these groups. Okay, now remember beyond these people who are, you know, the priests, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, these people are just part of the Jewish religion hierarchy, but they also had a lot to do with the law of the land. But above them was Caesar, of course, Rome. Rome had ultimate authority. Rome was the one that would force people to do what they wanted them to do if they needed them to carry the backpack for a soldier for a while, they would do that. They imposed strict tariffs. They, of course, built roads. There, there were some good things about the, the Roman occupation. But for the most part, the people at that time wanted to be free. They really did not want to be under Rome's thumb. Uh, one of the, the Roman governor for the area of Judea was uh, Pontius Pilate, and he will come to play uh, when we get towards the end of the, uh, the study, um, towards Jesus' crucifixion and um, the ultimate sentencing of Jesus. Okay, so that gives you a little idea of who is in control of this area. Now, as far as religious practices, from the time of Moses, even before the Israelites were captives in Egypt, a high priest would be appointed, and uh, he was the one who would make intercession for the sins of the people. So once a year, he would go into the Holy of Holies. If, in your student book and in the leader's guide, there's a little uh, diagram that shows the inner court of the temple. And in the inner court, there's an even smaller room, which is um, the, the holy place. And then even beyond that, there's just this tiny little room that's called the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies could only be entered by the high priest and only once a year. In fact, they would tie a rope to his foot just in case he went in there and God didn't accept him and he was killed. Um, I don't, you know, we serve a God who is very um, powerful and, and firm about uh, obeying. Obeying, So if that priest went in and, and he did not have a pure heart and he was not really looking out for the best of the people, then it's a good chance he would not make it out of the Holy of Holies. Um, the book of Leviticus outlines all the various sacrifices the people had to make, and there were, there were many of them. They had sacrifices for just about every um, instance. And because of this, uh, many times an Israelite would have to go into Jerusalem, go into the temple yard, and then offer his sacrifice. And that sacrifice could be a lamb, it could be a couple of birds, it, various things depending on the sins he was offering um, atonement uh, for. So at this point, the, the priests found a great way that they could take advantage of these uh, poor Israelites 
and say, you might as well not even bother bringing a lamb from home. Just come on here because you're going to travel all that way and that lamb's going to be all blemished and beat up. Just buy one of ours. And so, and we'll keep these lambs perfect. So unfortunately, they, they certainly did do that, but they charged a lot for it. So even within the church, the people were oppressed by their, their priests. Okay, um, so what began to be as maybe a way of helping the people ended up being a way to get price gouge. Um, all right, so let's uh, look after this at uh, some of the prophecy that was going on at the time. So we've seen how, what life was like for a typical Israelite. He had the, the Roman uh, conquerors, uh, soldiers oppressing him. He had the priests oppressing him. He had the, the uh, stringent requirements that the Pharisees would lay upon them. And so you can see why they, there was not much joy in Israel at the time. And in fact, they kept looking for the promised Messiah. Now, this Messiah had been predicted in the Old Testament. There are many passages that talk about that. One of them, uh, Micah 5.2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one for me, one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So they knew this Messiah was coming, and they knew he would be born in Bethlehem. Uh, in Malachi, uh, it's written, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messengers, messenger of the covenant who you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So they knew there was going to be a precursor, someone who was going to come and prepare the people for the Messiah. And then in Isaiah 9, 6, For, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I know this sounds familiar with the, when you hear this around Christmas time, and that's the reason, is the people were waiting for this Messiah, and when Jesus came, some recognized him, some did not. Some followed Jesus, some did not. All right, so they, in your student workbook and in the leader's guide, there are lists of um, prophecies that related to the coming king, uh, Messiah. And because of that, there were things that people were watching for, and especially the ones who should have known the most, the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes. They, they knew exactly what this Messiah was going to be like. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, they were worried, naturally worried, because he fulfilled a lot of the prophecies. Now, some of the prophecies we read about the coming Messiah are not as glamorous, that he would be betrayed, he'd be falsely accused, he'd be silent before his accusers, he'd be spat on, struck, hated without cause, he'd be crucified with criminals. These are all things that were prophesied about the coming Messiah. And once again, you can find these in your student workbook, in the leader's guide, and I'll probably post these online as well. All right, so that takes us to where we can begin to jump into the New Testament. Um, one research group has listed over 300 prophecies uh, about Jesus, and so there's plenty to 
to research and uh, check out in that. And so I would encourage you to spend some time looking at those prophecies and reading them. Some can seem kind of confusing and obscure. And I don't think it was until after Jesus was crucified uh, and resurrected that they finally made sense to people because, you know, how could someone be the ruler, the king, the weighted Messiah who is going to save all of Israel and still be one who was spat upon and, and died with the criminals? So, but we know in retrospect, we can see all that and see that is exactly what happened with Jesus. All right, so I want to encourage you for next week to do your homework and uh, spend some time reading the very first uh, little bits of Matthew and Luke. And as I said earlier, Mark and John don't really start right out with the birth of Christ, but the other two books do. And we will talk a little bit about why the different Gospels are different and who the different audiences were that um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were writing to. And then um, why there's a little bit of difference between certain uh, accounts. Um, so anyway, prepare for next week. And I would encourage you to go to basicbible102.com if you do not have your student workbook yet, you've ordered it or whatever. The first few lessons are on the website and they will help you get going. And then for our leaders, there, if you, or even as a student of this class, if you feel that maybe you already know to, all of this, I believe me, I understand. Because if you've been in church any length of time, you've learned the Christmas story, you've learned who Jesus was. The difference in this class is that we will cover pretty much all of the parables uh, and, and really what Jesus actually said and all of the miracles. So you will get a much more in-depth look at this. Still in a way that is not um, pushing for one faith over another. The, the goal of this class is to show you what the Bible says. And then you can determine, do I agree with this philosophy over here or this one over here? Um, Different churches have different theologies, and I understand there are reasons why they come to their conclusions. So if you are part of a church and your church has a particular approach to scripture, then please honor that and use this as a supplement. And if, on the other hand, you are just a seeker, somebody who's not really even sure they believe in Jesus, then this is a good way for you to say, well, at least I know something about him. I know what he said. I know what he did. And then when someone tries to tell you something about Jesus, you can say, wait a minute, I don't think that's true because I've read those books and that's not what Jesus said. So it's also a good protection for you. And then finally, there is an assessment test in the leader's guide, and I'll put one online too, that will help you decide at the beginning um, if you know, already know everything we're going to cover. And so if you will take that assessment test, you can decide if really you need to be in a much more um, in-depth class than this. If, on the other hand, you do not pass the assessment test, then this class will be perfect for you. Uh, if you have not taken Basic Bible 101, at least go back and take the Old Testament portion, which will help prepare you for the, some of the things that Jesus refers back to when he talks about the prophets. Okay, um, once again, thank you for tuning in. Watch for future podcasts. I will be posting them as they get done. And in the meantime, get your student workbook. And you, uh, for leaders, you may want to get the leader's guide too. 
Uh, I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Be blessed.